0: Welcome to the Well Community Totes. So tonight we wrap up our series with a love freely given. And I just wanted to ask, um, I'm afraid to kind of ask for a show of hands actually, but who here has kind of felt the feeling of falling in love? Right? There's a lot of the couples here, so hopefully you've at least experienced a time or two. But it might not just be a romantic Love. It might be a, a parent or a, or a child or a friendship. And just that, it, it's that feeling that takes us beyond um, just kind of the acquaintance or even maybe a surface friendship. It takes us a little bit deeper and, and feelings are on the line. So now you don't need to show hands for this one, but uh, the question is who here has been hurt by someone you've loved? And that one stings, because again, as our emotions are getting a little bit further and we're invested in the relationship, then when they do something or you do something that kind of puts a kink in that, it hurts. And what I've been learning over the last six years is just how vulnerable love really is. And for those of you wondering why six years, it's because six years ago, I began my relationship with my counselor. And man, she's had me go through some things and take ownership for things and lean into uncomfortable feelings and emotions, which I'm like, no thanks. But she's like, you keep paying me, so why are you here? And I'm like, well, I must want to. But over time, she's helped me lean into those things and she's taught me to lean into the vulnerability. And by doing so, being able to actually kind of push through to the other side to take ownership of things. And it's not an easy thing to do for me. And I'll admit, I'm a self-proclaimed or professed or whatever the word is, confessed people pleaser. I want people to like me. I want you to like me. If you don't like me, then my temptation is to change who I am for, for you to like me. And I'm gonna take you on a bit of a journey right now, so bear with me. I'm gonna take you back to my dating days. Because man, teenage Kevin, he had a lot to learn. So, it started off quite simple though. It started off with me in kindergarten, coming home and telling my mom, I can't help it, I love them all. So that's kindergarten Kevin. But then as things got, as years went on, as I got older, and the emotions and the feelings went deeper. Then as Charles Dickens quoted, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Because man, as those feelings and emotions evolved, then suddenly you realize who I am is on the line. Does this person like me? Does this person love me? And suddenly you're aware of this risk that's out there. And it's just like that game with the daisies where you're like, she loves me, she loves me not. She loves me, she loves me not. And it felt like it was almost that fickle that they could just one day, no, not today. And I'm like, oh man. So what I did, teenage Kevin, peeling back some layers here, is I would try and listen and pay attention for what the girl that I was interested in liked and disliked. So one didn't like red, so I wouldn't wear red. And she liked chocolate, so you'd make sure that, oh, hey, I have chocolate. I love chocolate. And, and I would try and change, though, my likes and dislikes just to get her affection. So as time went on, there was this one girl that I was interested in for a year. And we began hanging out at youth group. Then it kind of went to just large groups outside of youth group. Then it went to just more smaller and smaller groups till it was just the two of us hanging out. I'm like, okay, now's the time I'm gonna step up and ask her to be my girlfriend. So August comes around and I work up the courage and she accepts. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome, unbelievable. And I thought it was smooth sailing from here on out. Like, whoo, she said yes, we're dating, now I don't have to worry about anything. But now more was on the line because as my feelings kept developing, I'm like, well, do I tell her that I love her? And how do I know that I love her? And what if I tell her that I love her and she doesn't reciprocate? Man, for those of you still in this phase, I feel for you. (laughs) And for those of you who feel called not to enter into this phase, good on you. I think that's why Paul said it's better off not to get married, right? But the first time I told this girl that I loved her, was a very awkward experience, because we started dating in August, the feelings developed, and now we're sitting in November. And I'm like, I think I've got to tell her. I've just got to put it out there, and then she'll say it back, and things will be great. So we pull into her driveway, and my heart's beating, my palms are all sweaty, and I'm walking her up to the door. At this point, my heart felt like it could literally just burst out of my chest. So she goes in the door and turns around to say goodnight, and I blurt out, I love you. And she slams the door in my face. I said, I love you. She slams the door in my face. I'm like, awkward. So needless to say, my worst fear came true, and we broke up a week later. And suddenly, this vulnerability and the risk of love hurt. And the reason I'm bringing up all of this with you is because when we talk about a love that's freely given, we're coming at this concept and idea and notion of love with different experiences, baggage, perspectives, lived realities. I know for many, when they, when they hear about God the Father and they haven't had great relationships with their father, it's hard to translate. And I think the same's true when we talk about this unconditional love, it's like, I don't know, I got a door slammed in my face. Really, there's a love that's unconditional? But that's what I want us to look into tonight. Because I truly believe that to love is to be vulnerable. It's a very vulnerable thing. So when we talk about this love that's freely given, have we truly grasped it? Do we understand it and have we embraced it? So tonight, I want to challenge you to lean in to the vulnerability of your emotions. And if there's some roadblocks there, try and push through to get to the other side so that you can get a better understanding of the love that God truly does have for you. Author Brené Brown has said, we cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known. Because here's the bottom line I'm going to get to tonight. loved people, love people. As we recognize and lean into and embrace just how much we're loved, you won't be able to stop us from loving others. Jesus' response to the greatest command in the Bible, to love God and to love others. And we don't have to try and be someone else. We don't have to try and impress God. We simply have to accept his love for us, this love that really is freely given. You can wear red, and you can dislike certain things. When we do this, when we encounter Jesus, when we understand this love that he has for us, our lives will be radically transformed. That's why our vision at the back, making Jesus known, seeing lives change, transforming our community. When we meet Jesus, when we encounter him, our lives will just naturally be transformed. So let's dig into our text tonight. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 John chapter 4. If not, I'll have the verses on the screen behind me but I want us to look at this love that's freely given. So in verse John chapter four, we're gonna work our way through verses seven to 21. So starting in verse seven, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So first off, love comes from God. God is the source of all. It's God who who created and birthed everything into existence. He's the beginning and he's the end. And we too are created in his image. We're told that God's love and that we're created in his image. And if that's true, then within us inherently, in our DNA, we have the ability and the capacity for love and to love. But the thing is, we need to stay connected to the source. And this is where the whole sin issue comes in. Is that when we become separated from God through our rebellion, our selfish desires, when when we participate in the disruption of the peace and harmony that God desires for the world, then we're disconnected. From the source we're disconnected from love and we lose the ability to truly love so we love because he first loved us but what does that mean that he first loved us what does it look like well verse 9 says god showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him this is real love Not that we loved, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God's love revealed precisely in sending Jesus, or God's love is revealed precisely in sending Jesus to be the sacrifice that would atone for our sins, that would make amends, that would make it right. And this is why we celebrate Christmas, because Jesus is the greatest gift ever given. He's the gift of love that's freely given. The Apostle Paul in Romans 5.8 declares, God shows his love for us because while we are still sinners, while we didn't deserve it, Christ died for us. And I believe that when we stand at the foot of the cross, it's impossible not to sense the power and the possibilities within that love. When we truly stand there and look up at it, Loved people love people. We're able to love others solely because of the love that God has for us. Right down to creating us from the very beginning. He's the source of all things. And this verse is telling us that the source of all things is love. So verse 11 continues on. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Sounds pretty simple, right? God set the standard, the example, we follow. But how do we follow his example? Because if you keep reading into verse 12, it says no one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. But what's this, how do we follow his example with this idea of no one has ever seen God? I think to get the point that John's driving home, we have to hold this up in light of his other Gospels he's written. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 18, he writes, No one has ever seen God, but the only begotten who is at the Father's side has made him known. In other words, we don't really know God until we look at Jesus. So now we see what John's getting at here in verse 12 that people don't really know who God is until they see it revealed in the life of Christians, us, Christ followers, Jesus followers. Because as the rest of verse 12 says, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And I find that incredible. What God launched decisively in Jesus, he wants to complete in and through us. So just as God's love, Jesus, came in the flesh at Christmas, so must our love. Can't simply be spoken about, talked about, has to be demonstrated and acted upon. Loved people love people. I was talking to someone earlier this week about when Paul writes to the Corinthians, follow me as I follow Christ. That's a pretty high bar we've set, we have set, that we're called to live out. Can we actually say this to one another, follow me? Because to be honest, sometimes it's easier to sidestep and kind of be like, don't look at me, just look at Jesus, bypass me. Like, we're about making Jesus known, and that's right. But the standard that we're being called to is to be able to tell others, follow me as I follow Jesus. And I think the beauty in that is that we're not on our own. Is that not only is Jesus the greatest gift of all, but we're also given the gift of God's spirit to help us live that out. So it won't merely be talked about so that it will be this lived reality. Verse 13 reads, And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. And that's the encouraging news right there. When I tell you to follow me as I follow Christ, if you look at me closely enough, eventually you'll see me fall and fall short. But that's Okay. Because you'll also see God's love on display, his grace on display, his truth on display, fully alive in my falling shortness. You'll see that it's not about me earning God's love or doing things perfectly. You'll see that it's Christ and his spirit in and through me that continues to work that continues to sand off the rough edges, that continues to remind me that I'm loved and I'm accepted, just as I am, despite my failures and shortcomings. And I believe that this is what Paul's getting at when he says, to follow me as I follow Christ. We can never earn God's love. It's a love that's freely given. And it's by the grace of God and through the power of His Spirit that we're able to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and keep on trucking. Because like verse 16 says, I know how much God loves me, and I have put my trust in his love. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. I am a deeply loved child of God. We are deeply loved children of God. So just as Jesus unveiled God before this surprised and unready world, we too are called to make Jesus known through our love for one another. Because if we're not living that out, where else are they gonna see it? Where are they going to see and encounter Jesus if we can't love one another? But again, love people, love people. Because it's by recognizing just how much we're loved and how incredibly loved we are that we can look past some of the hurts, some of the difficulties, and truly love one another. Love is that important. Now, please understand that it's not simply just agreement or warm, fuzzy feelings. The love that we're called to is seeing people as God sees them and loving people as God loves them. It's recognizing the image of God in each and every person and knowing that they too belong here, that they too matter, that they too can take up space on this planet. They've been given that right. And I think that's something we struggle with sometimes is feeling like, I don't really know if I can put my voice out there or say this or say that, take up space. But no, people need to know We need to know that we're loved, that we matter, that we belong. As we talked about last week, we don't need to be afraid. Verses 17 to 16 go on and say that as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we'll not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We're again being told we don't need to be afraid. Last week we looked at that statement going all throughout the Christmas story. But rather as we embrace who we are, who we've been created to be, as we surrender ourselves to Jesus, we can live with boldness and confidence knowing his love for us. The presence of God in us is the way that love's being perfected among us. And when we truly embrace our lovedness, as we lean into the light of peace, joy, hope, we're continually reminded that there's no need to fear because God loves you. God's love for us is a gift that's freely given. So to quote most famous verse of all, John 3:16, "For God so loved the world He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life." And verse 17 often gets cut off, but it goes on to say, "God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. We don't need to be afraid. God is love. Jesus is God's Son. Jesus is love incarnate in the flesh. He's come and moved into the neighborhood. So friends, let love set you free tonight. Loved people love people. As we lean into and embrace just how much we're loved, we will become a loving people. And not as a means to earn God's love, but simply as a response to God's love. As we lean into love, who is Jesus, we will always be transformed. I recently heard and was rocked by this quote by the late Dorothy Day, and she spoke these words, you only love God as much as the person you love the least. That hits hard. Because we're all created in the image of God. We're all loved. What can we do to help people know they're loved by God? Look people in the eye. Listen, let people know they matter, they belong. Sometimes even the simple exchange of a smile can open the doors to someone's heart to let love in. God doesn't love us because there's some reason to love. God loves us because he himself is love. Loved people love people. And when you truly experience the love of Jesus, you can't help but share this love with others. You can never earn God's love. It's freely given. So the question I wanna tackle right now is just how can I be sure? In the first step, go to the manger. This Christmas, recognize love incarnate, Jesus in the flesh, that God stepped toward us in, in this way as an act of unconditional love that God loved us first. While there was nothing we could do, he reached out to us. Kind of like the girl that I told I love, we have the opportunity to slam the door or not. But if you want to be sure of God's love, go to the manger. And secondly, go to the foot of the cross. Because it's not just about Jesus simply coming. It's about his life, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection, and his ascension. The only begotten, sitting at the right hand of God. Recognize the depth of his love and the lengths that he went to. So that you and I could be reconciled and be in this right relationship with him. Jesus is love incarnate. And this is the badge that the Christian community wears. The sign not only of who we are, but of who our God is. So how do we love? Vulnerably. By putting it out there. I quoted earlier Renee Brown. She has another quote. Vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. It's the source of hope, empathy, accountability, and authenticity. See, we can only love others as much as we love ourselves and have accepted it ourselves. It's by letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and simply embracing who we are exactly as God's created us to be. So first, make space for God. This Christmas season and the days ahead, simply make a few minutes each day to listen to God, to meet with God, Talk to god and then next you have to make space for others mr rogers said there isn't anyone you couldn't learn to love once you've heard their story how true is that love it's not an optional extra it's the very essence of what we're about and how we're created so the final verse And this passage is 21 and I'm gonna read it from the message translation, which is on the screen. The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. I love it. We don't do this as a means to earn God's love, but as a response to the love of God. Loved people love people. So my challenge to you this week I know it's a busy one with a lot of gatherings. But my challenge is for you to take 10. And what I mean by this is to take 10 minutes. Five minutes to make space and stillness and silence to just be with God. And then take five minutes of space in your day for someone else. Let that person fill all your attention. Invite God and his love to dwell in that space. So I have a couple of questions for you to reflect on to help you prepare for this Take 10, but also that will just take a couple minutes to do right now. The first question is, who is one person you need to make space for? Someone who might be crowded out by the busyness of the season. And then secondly, what do you need to surrender to make space Let me just close in prayer and then we'll take a couple minutes to just spend time with God, asking him to fill us with his all-consuming love and grace. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son. Thank you for loving us and for being love itself. God, this season, it's all about you, but we get caught up in the hustle and bustle. I pray that even tonight in the next couple of minutes, you just give us that opportunity to quiet ourselves before you and to hear from you. And God, bring to our mind someone that we need to make space for, whether it be this weekend, this week, or in the weeks ahead. God, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking that first step, saying, I love you. God, my prayer is that tonight we respond back, not just with the words that we love you too, but with a complete surrender, dedicating our lives to living a life in obedience to you and a life of love. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus.